Blog Talk Radio. Hey guys, this is Brett Claywell, and you're listening to Brandon's Buzz. This is Linda Dano. I'm on Brandon's Buzz, and I have to tell you, what a fun hour I just had. Ah, oh, this is a great kid with a wonderful heart and soul. You listen every day. I know I will. Hi, this is Beth Maitland. And this is Joel Brooks. And we're on Brandon's Buzz. We're buzzing with Brandon. We are. We're buzzing with Brandon. So tune hey, in. Hey, this is Nicholas Rodriguez. You are listening to Brandon's Buzz. Be prepared to laugh. You're going to have a good time. Hey, hey, this is Nia Peoples, and you are checking out Brandon's Buzz right now. This is Pamela K. Long, and I am buzzing with Brandon. And I can tell you that it's some of the most fun that you'll have. So you need to tune this in. This is Gloria Loring, and I've just been buzzed by Brandon, and I gave Brandon some buzz. This is Maya Bialik, and you are lucky enough to be listening to Brandon's Buzz. Hey guys, welcome back to Brandon's Buzz. I am Brandon. It's Tuesday, December 22nd, 2009, 10 p.m. back east, 7 p.m. out in the west, 9 p.m. here in Texas, and uh, I'm thrilled to be back with you here on Brandon's Buzz. I have a great guy on the phone, and we're going to dive right in because there's a lot to talk about, and I can't wait to get into all of it. You know, they say that they say that necessity breeds invention, and so it has come to pass with my guest tonight, who has brilliantly filled a need in the popular culture with gaze of our lives the spectacular weekly column on AfterElton.com, which serves as a roundup of the latest homosexual happenings on not only this country's favorite soap operas, but the world's. His thousands of readers, of which I happily include myself, hang literally on his every word. And if you're not familiar with this column, you damn well ought to be, as it is the must-read online outpost for some of the most interesting interviews, previews, and commentary on the latest and greatest gay sud stuff to be found all around the planet. He is astute... He is amazing, and I can't wait to introduce you to Anthony D. Langford. Oh, my God. I'm, am I supposed to live up to all that? <laughs> you should have no problem. I, I, <laughs> I've, I've spoken with you in the past, and I know how great you are. So. Oh, well, thank you. Thank how you. the hell are you, sir? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. So let's, let's get the boring stuff out of the way first. Let's get the 60-second bio on Anthony. Where were you born? Where were you raised? Where did you go to school? I was born in Peoria, Illinois which is a, uh, I guess is a mid-sized small town of 100,000 people. Uh, I lived there for, I don't know, the first 20, 29 years of my life, moved to uh, uh, Massachusetts, went to college there. Then I went to, moved to D.C. and uh, went to college here. That's pretty much it, yeah. I don't have a uh, <laughs> an exciting story to tell you. Sorry. <laughs> don't let me get too personal, but but tell me as much as you're comfortable with about about kind of growing up and and coming to the understanding that you were different in whatever way from your peers. Wow. Uh well, it's really strange because I knew growing up growing up that I was different in a lot of ways from everybody pretty much in my in my family, the people around me, um uh, because I was really interested in like reading and books and writing and and all that kind of stuff ever since I was a little kid. I mean, I can, you know, ever since I was old enough to pick up a pencil, I've I've always wanted to write. I've always been really into journalism, you know, and I knew that pretty much growing up as far as being gay, you know, you always hear people say, oh, I knew it when I was nine. Yeah, I knew when I was nine. So, you know, and, you know, it's weird. And because I was really into books and read and stuff, I knew what it was and I knew what was going on, even at nine years old. So 
It, it sounds strange when people say that, but it's absolutely true. Things don't do confusion or any of that stuff. Wow, lucky you. I've always been very comfortable with myself and who I am and stuff, and, you know, I didn't go through this whole thing like, oh, my God, I'm gay. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm so torn about it. No, it, was, it is what it is, you know? So That's even at nine, you were, you were able to put a label on it, even at nine? Well, yeah, because there was enough information out there to know what it was. Wow. I mean, this was, yeah, it was enough information to know what it was. I mean, this is what, early 70s when I was, you know, the gay revolution was, was going on then. Okay. You know, it was on the news all the time, so you knew it was, you knew it was out there. I mean, of course, you know, I didn't do anything about it until I was, like, you know, a teenager. But, sure, you yeah. weren't nine, yeah. <laughs> you weren't trolling the streets at nine, for sure. Exactly. But I <laughs> Especially not in Illinois. Not not in Illinois. There's not a, a hopping gay community. You know? <laughs> Although we do, in the town I grew up in, we did have a couple of uh, uh, more gay bars than actually you would think. So okay. There were a few, yeah. <laughs> and were you were you a soap fan growing up? Oh yeah, of course. Yes, you know, like most kids, you know, your mother introduces you to soap operas. Absolutely. Because you know, my mother watched all my children when I was a kid, and I can remember sitting down watching them, you know, watching with her, and you know, I fell in love with the. When I was a kid, I watched the ABC shows. Okay. You know, um, uh, you know, one uh, all my children one life to live. Uh, General Hospital, you know, Ryan's Hope. Was Ryan's Hope, yeah. Loving and all those shows. Though. And Edge of Night, yeah, it was on then too. So uh, that's what I grew up watching. Uh, I didn't watch any other state channels until um, I was probably, it, it was, I guess it would have to be uh, the 80s. Okay. That's when I started watching As World Turns, which gotcha. you know, ultimately became my favorite show. You must be doubly devastated over last week's news that they're taking As World Turns off the air next year. Well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm upset about it. It really, I remember when I saw it online that morning, you know, literally screaming. It's like, damn, I can't believe they finally did it. As I posted in my column last week, when I, when I wrote about this, I said that um, it, it was, it was upsetting. You know, I've watched the show for 30 years, so, and even though my interest has have waned over the years, it's because you know the show is not what it used to be. Absolutely. Um, you looked through some of the glory years of that show. Oh yeah, yeah. The eighties when sure. when Seth Marlin was writing the show, sure. that was you know that was the show's golden age. And the nineties was good too when Hogan was writing. So yeah, it's a, you know it it really it's a tough thing. Unfortunately, it really hasn't hit me yet, and that's because and, and it's just a failing of my own per- personality is that I will deal with something when it happens, and I'm not going to say I can't do anything about it now. And September is a long way away. When September, the last air date comes, then I'll think, oh, my God, then I'll be devastated. But right now I'm just going to, you know, enjoy it and watch it and not really uh-huh. worry about it and, like, get all this. Because I know so many people are just getting so devastated. Well, you know, the show is still on. So enjoy it while it's here, you know, and you can mourn it when it's gone. I guess that's just the way, that's just the way I am, you know. So it seems like you've got the, it seems like you've got the dream job. It, you know, talk to me about how you arrived at After Elton and – you know, gained as your assignment the ability to watch soaps every day and write about them. That it seems like the dream job. It is. You know something? I, I it's amazing because I was just talking to my editor today about this. You know, they do pay me, but uh, I do it mostly because I really love doing it. Sure. And it's really strange. You know, when I, when I was growing up and I went to uh, college for journalism and all that kind of stuff, I never imagined that somebody would pay me money to actually do something <laughs> that I really enjoy doing it, especially writing about soap operas. I uh-huh. never thought that would happen, ever, especially since I didn't live in New York 
where the magazines are published. Sure, yeah. So therefore, I wouldn't be able to go there and work there. You know, I've always, you know, I live in my small town. I live in Washington D.C. So I, you know, I never thought I had an opportunity. But the job came just like really a sort of surprise. You know, I was just a poster, a poster on the board, posting about actual turns. You know, what was going on in that show at the time, mm-hmm. like all the other posters were. Because you know, I, they, that was when you know, uh, Luke and Noah were really big, and people, you know, they were everybody was fascinated with them because you know they were the first gay couple on television, and so you know they were what, even with all the flaws in the story, you know, people were <laughs> riveted about everything that they were Absolutely. doing. And, like, you know, I was a poster on the board, and, you know, obviously just because of, I guess, the way I wrote or whatever, whatever, it was obvious that I knew a lot about the show, knew a lot about soaps and all that kind of stuff. And so um, the editor just contacted me one day and said that we had had a lot of people requesting that we do a, a soap opera column, and I think I'm wondering if you'd be interested. And I was like, wow, yeah, wow. Sure, of course I'd be interested. Uh, and so he asked me if I would write a sample a sample column of what I would perceive the column to be like. And so that's what I did. I wrote a sample column, and he liked it and said, you know, let's, let's, let's try this out and see how it goes. And at that time, there was all of one gay storyline on, on, on soaps. During daytime, yeah. But the conception of the column was always to do a, a, a worldwide type of thing. Got from it, the okay. very start, we were going to cover soaps from all over the world okay. because there's more being done you know, in other countries than there is here. They also wanted to cover more foreign soaps as well, too, and that was the function of the column. Okay. Um, you know, plus, also, I also cover nighttime shows that has gay characters as well. So, you know, I, I try to handle it, handle it all. It's a lot of material. <laughs> it really is a lot of material. And, and believe me, I never run out of stuff to write about because there's always something. <laughs> so walk me through your typical work day. I mean, what... Uh, on any given at any given time of day, what what are you doing? Are you watching television? Are you are you writing? I mean, what, walk me through a typical day. Well, I pretty much have my set stuff on a schedule. Okay, so um, I write the I write the spoilers for the column usually on Mondays. And this is not really boring, but this is how this is what I do. Uh, Mondays is when I write the spoilers. Tuesdays is when I it was when I write the news. Unless and 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 then uh, you know Wednesdays the column is edited. Thursday the column is handed in. Okay. And then Friday and Saturday is when I watch the show, the foreign shows for the week, and then I spend Saturday and Sunday writing up uh, the the uh, columns, the critiques for those shows. Okay. And then the columns handed in, and, and it's pretty much done, except for a few other things, a few things that always come in last minute. And then Monday it starts all over again. And Monday starts all over again, exactly. <laughs> and the thing is, it's a never-ending cycle because there's there's always new stuff, and so there I always have something to do. And and the thing is, it's not just the job itself, it's also the things, the things the job that have brought me. I've got to interview a lot of really nice people. Absolutely. You know, you know, there's all the actors that I've spoken to and the producers and the writers that I've talked to. You know, I met you because of the column, which is a plus. You know, yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, so that, and I've also made a lot of friends, you know, people who read the column and really like the column, who correspond with me and all that kind of stuff. That's also been really good, too. So the column has actually brought me a lot of really good things. Do the guys at After Elson pretty much give you free reign to write what you like in the column, or do you have some some content constraints that you have to work under? The column is absolutely how, the, how I conceive it, and I pretty much write whatever I want to. That is great. Um, and I'm really surprised by that. I actually thought they would put some constraints on mm-hmm. it, but they really actually haven't at all. The only constraint I have is length, because I'm – really wordy, and I can be so verbose, I always try to cram 
and I'm always trying to cram as much information uh-huh. in as I can in. <laughs> and so, you know, the only thing I – and I, I'm to the point now to where I know I have to cut the column off at a certain length and then just save the, save the information for next week and save this certain, this certain story or this certain bit <laughs> for next week. The good thing is is that they're happy with it, and the people who read the column are happy with it. So, wow. you know, it's, it's a win-win. That's fantastic. So, yeah. And do you actually work with the shows themselves in terms of, you know, their publicists, in terms of, you know, getting the spoilers, getting the news, getting the interviews, or, or do you, are you kind of out there by yourself gathering all of this stuff? Um, it's a combination of things. Sometimes I work with the, with the publicist to get to, to as far as interviews and spoilers and stuff like that. But a lot of times it's just either my sources send me things. You know, I, I you know. Quote, unquote. Yes, I do that. Yes, exactly. Quote, quote, sources. <laughs> Send me, send me information. They send me spoilers. They send me, you know, of course, the inside scoop of this is what's going, going on, blah, 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 blah. You know, sometimes I just, you know, just like everybody else, I get the information off, off the net. You know, there's so much stuff out there. It's amazing. And, you know, just compile it together for the, for the column. There is so much stuff out there. It's, it's amazing that they're able to keep any secrets whatsoever because there is so much stuff out there. And there's so many yeah. ways to find out information these days. It, I mean, it's, it's, amazing amazing. That, it's, it's amazing that they're able to keep any secrets whatsoever. Yeah, because people will, you know something, somebody's always going to talk. That's the thing. Somebody's <laughs> always going to tell you. There's somebody out there who's always willing to, to blab even though they should. Absolutely, that. and there's cameramen, and there's directors, and there's makeup people, exactly. and there's, you know, exactly. there's all kinds and of people they, who have the scoop. Exactly, and they work on the set. They know what's being <laughs> shot that day. They know what actor is working that day. They know uh-huh. what actor is not working. They know the, where the stories and storylines are going. You know, They know when it's going to air, yeah. And they know when it's going to air, right, because these shows, well, let's use the case that Afterward Turns and both uh, One Life to Live are both shot two months into a day, in advance. If I'm set today, I know what's going to happen two months from now. <laughs> so. You've had some terrific interviews, and you've done some terrific writing over the course of The Column Sister. And how long has The Column been live, by the way? We just celebrated our year anniversary. Oh, okay, uh, the last column I got was was, six, was the 60th column. Fabulous. So okay. um, 60 weeks except for uh, we took two weeks off for uh, last Christmas and okay. took off for summer. So, okay. Yeah. And you, you've had some terrific interviews and you've done some terrific writing. And I'm w- wondering for you, what is your what is your personal benchmark for a successful column? What what qualifies as good work to you? Wow, that's that's an interesting. I've never think about that. That's an interesting question. Mainly, if I get a lot of good response from the people who read it. You know, one thing that that I had a hard time, or still have a hard time with the column is that um, the one thing the editors do want me to do is to put more of myself into the column in terms of my personality and maybe, uh, like, be more, a little more witty. You know, I, I have sort of, like, really sort of a dry, sarcastic sense of humor. I know they would like me to use more of that in the column, but I guess and it's because I went to school as a journalist, and so a journalist, so I sort of like to be serious and just give the information and blah, 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 blah type, type of thing. And so I'm trying to relax and put more of myself and, and that sort of thing. And I do do that in critiques. And, you know, I give myself a little more freedom there. And do you ever find yourself maybe biting your tongue a little bit for fear of, of jeopardizing a relationship with, with, with a contact or with a, with a source or, you know, with a show? You know, I, I have to say no, I haven't. Especially when it comes to critiquing the shows, I've always been very straightforward and I don't hold back. Now, has it gotten me in trouble? Yes, <laughs> it certainly has. And yet, I do it anyway. <laughs> first of all, I can't help myself. I'm just, that's just the way I am. 
You know, I'm just a very straightforward type of person. And also, I'm here to tell people how I feel. And I'm here to be honest about my feelings. And sure. I'm here to recommend people to watch this show. And this is why you should watch it. And you shouldn't watch this show because this, for this reason. If I'm not going to be honest and I'm not providing the service to the to that I've been actually hired to do. So for good or ill, yeah, I'm always I'm always honest. And like I said, it's got me in a few <laughs> situations. You know, I there are a lot a lot of it is people who just don't appreciate some of the things I have to say. <laughs> and so you know, there are some people who actually probably burn East Colin effigy because you know yeah no. <laughs> You know, here he is again saying this and that, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I did get in an embarrassing situation where I was at an event and there was an actor there and I had said something not very kind about their performance. And, you know, they sort of put me on the spot. You know, <laughs> I, knew they, I knew I said it. They knew I said it. And the thing is, when it happened, it really surprised me because I actually never really thought that they were reading it. Yeah. <laughs> but as it turns out, they do. They, I, I now know that the actors, many of the actors that I interview and have talked to, they read the column. The publicists wow. and the reps, they read the column. You know, I can, I, can, I can imagine that because I do this show and I have, you know, I mean, I get feedback from listeners of the show, but you, you don't really know who's listening. And, and so I can empathize with that a little bit. You know, you're, you're sitting there in your pajamas, you're, you're writing your spoilers, you're writing your column, and you think you might be doing it in a vacuum a little bit because you just never know who's reading it. You never know. You, know, you get surprised every once in a while. <laughs> do, do you feel anonymous, or, or do, you, do you feel like people know who you are when you walk in a room, in an industry room, where, where oh, people it, in the it, industry are there? Do, do people know who you are, or do you feel a little anonymous? Yeah, and I, I guess it's because I'm not, I don't live in New York, and I don't live in, in L.A., and, you know, um, and my beat is kind of, small-ish because, you know, I only deal with with, with three soaps here, you know, uh, and mm-hmm. actually two now because uh, the rest isn't doing gay stories anymore <laughs> now anyway. <laughs> not that they ever did. You know. Yeah, I was about to say, um, it's, it's debatable whether whether they ever did or not. Right. But the people in the – I know the people in the industry, like other writers know, from other, magaz- other soap magazines know who I am, okay. and a lot of the actors know who I am. You know, and I've met other actors that say, oh, yeah, I've heard about your column. <laughs> you know, but they just know the name. They don't know me by, by face yet, although actually my face is, is on the column, so I'm getting recognized by that, too. Sure. Talk about this online revolution. In the past couple of years, we've had, you know, people like Daytime Confidential and We Love Soaps and Michael Fairman and you. I mean, you guys are very much the new soap journalism. And, it, I mean, it must it must be a huge honor to feel like, you're part of this huge revolution in the in the journalism of the of the industry that you cover. It, I think it's really good. It's really amazing, and we have we have done a lot to uh, promote the industry in in ways that that the regular quote unquote soap press can't because our stuff is much more immediate. As soon as something happens, we can have it out there like right now. You bet. You know, if I hear hear a story right now, you know, I can tell my editors, and we can have it up, you know, in, in an hour or whatever. Uh, the same with Daytime Confidential and We Love Soaps and all that. It's much more immediate. How many people have you heard from that never watched, never watched soaps or never cared about soaps before reading your column and based on reading your column decided to check out some of these shows? I, I, I don't know about the answer to that. I mean, I know that I have turned 
a lot of people on the show they've never seen before. They never watched it before and never had any interest before. I don't know about people who were never soap fans in general, okay. but I know uh, a lot of people who said, I, I never even was interested in this show until I read about it in your column. I hear that all the time. Okay. You know, you know, you helped me find new shows or you helped me keep up with this show that I had lost track of or, geez, I didn't know the show was doing this. Let me start watching it now. Things like that. That's the kind of stuff I hear all the time. That makes me feel good because, you know, part of my thing is I do want to promote the industry and I do want people to watch. And if I can do that, that's great. So give me some, give me some general thoughts on the big gay year that was 2009. I mean, could you have, could you have ever in your lifetime fathomed that You'd live to see something like the explosion of gay-related storylines that rained down all across the the soap landscape this year. No, I, I couldn't have imagined it. It was, I, you know, it's it's been an amazing year, but in some ways it's been a very kind of disappointing year too. One of the one of the questions that I asked in the column this past week this past week was the best and worst of the of the year poll mm-hmm. question. And one of the questions that I asked was, in the year 2009, has the picture of gays and folks been better for worse or is it the same? And a lot of people said better. And the thing is, it's better, but only in one respect. In other ways, it's either the same or it's worse. We have improved, but the thing is, we could be doing better. It could have been a much better year than it actually was. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if I just want to look at the the one I've lived on, I say, oh my God, it's been an amazing year. Mm-hmm. Because that story has been more than I ever possibly thought that it could possibly ever be. I just cannot say enough. And I remember when it first started, um, I think I was one of the first people to interview Brett Clay. You know, actually, you interviewed him before I did. Yes, you know, uh, I've told this on the air several times. I interviewed him four days four. before the news broke. That's not, okay, and, you interviewed and him. And I could not came. believe, I could not believe the the awful timing, the awful luck. I, you know, when the news broke, Four days after he was on my show, I was like, "You cannot be serious. You have to." Can you imagine how he felt? He just he had to sit there and not tell you about I know. <laughs> what was going on with him. You know, when you listen to that show in retrospect, he kept dropping little hints. He kept saying right. things like, "Well, it's you know, it's about to get much more interesting, and you know, there there are more secrets about Kyle to be revealed." He was dropping right. hints that none of us were picking up on. Yeah, but the thing is, though, would you have picked up on that? I mean, is that would you have ever thought that? Oh, they're going to make Kyle gay. I mean, you know, and he's going to have had a past relationship with uh, Oliver. Exactly. I mean, I think... You know, when that news broke, it was so strange because those those two characters at that time were not connected to anybody. And a- so it was, it was strange to pick them. And, you know, when you first heard the news, you thought, well, okay, it might be a story for a month, and then they're going to forget about it and move on. Well, the thing Because is, they're not connected that... to anybody. I mean, nobody cares. Right. And that was the thing. Like, I had never... I was, uh, well, actually, I, take it I had watched one I live maybe, I watched one I live during the um, Billy Douglas storyline. Sure. And then I watched uh, when they did the, the gay serial killer storyline okay. a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. I watched them, but my, before, beyond that, I never really watched one I live. So when the storyline started, I was like, oh, okay, well, let's watch this show. But the thing is, and I did, I did some research on the characters, and the thing is, you know, Kyle was this really bad boy character that did all these things, but he was not a major character. Oliver was a big character really, uh-huh. who had never, who didn't, you know, was not connected to anybody, had no story, no nothing. And so I was like, oh, how's this going to work, you know? And not only that, Kyle and Oliver really have had no scene together, barely at all, maybe a scene or two here or there, but there was really no connection between them. And uh-huh. so he was like, how does, do they have chemistry? How is this going to work? Blah, 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 whatever. You know, I was kind of skeptical, too, at the start. 
And then, uh, you know, the story kept building and actually got kind of interesting. And I remember um, I interviewed Brett the day of the kiss. And then by that time, people were really interested in it. And, you know, it was starting to get a lot of press and all that kind of stuff. But even then, I could not have imagined what it was going to turn out to what be. Would he, what, would it, what it would evolve so, into. Yeah, and it really just blows my mind what, what they have done with the storyline, even since, like I said, since I talked to him. I mean, because I, I didn't think that it was going to last either. I was like, you have these two minor recurring characters. Where can this story go? Mm-hmm. You know, once they fall in love, okay, they're together now. And we'll, we'll they either leave town or we'll see them once a week, you know, uh-huh. having dinner. And still nobody's going to care. And still nobody's going to care, but... Especially because at that time, Brett was such an evil character, and, you yeah. know, he was doing such uh, such atrocious things to people that we actually did care about in town. Right. He was doing dastardly things, which a lot of people actually still haven't forgiven him for. I still people say they don't like Kyle because of all these things that he did in the past. He's not forgiven him for, you know, blackmailing uh, Jared Natalie. Uh-huh. And Rossi. Uh, and yeah, and and, and, and and yeah, what he did to Roxy, although you know she's his best friend now, she's leaving condoms on his bed because he's gonna have his boyfriend. You know, what? That was an incredible scene. Oh my god! That whole that, sequence with 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 him amazing. taking off the shirt and having the tank top and them getting on bed. I mean, it was amazing. It was amazing. I mean, like I said, I never thought that I would ever see that on they actually on television on mainstream television in general because we never had a scene like that. Uh huh. You know, we've never had that before. And that this show just did it, and, like, it wasn't a big deal. It was like, you know, here's another episode, you know, Kyle and Albert trying to get it on. But, you know, his ex-boyfriend got beat up, so they don't get to do it. And, and like, I was talking to a friend of mine about this, and we were saying, okay, so that was just them not having sex. So what is it going to be like when they actually finally do have it? Exactly. The damn TVs are going to melt all across the country, I I predict. Exactly. In two weeks when they finally do do it, Uh, it's supposed to happen the week of the 28th. Okay. Is, is when I understand it's supposed to happen. So where do where do you rank Kyle Oliver and Nick in the annals of gay soap storyline history? I mean, is this is this the best ever, or or yeah, there's other ways def- to go before? No, they're definitely the best. I think they they're probably the best written that we've had. I mean, because the writing is so honest and sharp, and the characters are very they're very complex characters. They're very not, fleshed uh, out. They're very fleshed out. They're you know they're very complex. They're very uh, multifaceted, and they're more than just the gay characters. They're not isolated into their little own good gay ghetto. Say, for instance, like, okay, like on After World Turn, you know, Luke and Noah, most of their scenes are with each other. Luke will have scenes with his family about whatever, you know, Holden and Lily are fighting about this week. Uh, you know, he'll have scenes with his family. But other than that, they don't really have any communication with anybody else in Oakdale. I mean, they're not involved in any of the storylines, but they're on when they actually have storyline. That is, look at like Noah. It's been on the show for what three years now, and has no relationships with anybody else in the show other than his boyfriend. So he's not he even friends with anybody. Not, he doesn't even yeah, actually he doesn't even, even have any friends. You know, there was sort of a friendship with Casey and all that kind of stuff, but that was just because he, he was Luke's friend, and that was mm-hmm. that was it. Um, but yeah, but their show so isolated. They they're so isolated in the show, but like well, they're not isolated at all. You know, they have jobs, and we see them now. We see them working. We see them communicating with other characters. We see them in other storylines besides their own storyline. They're not just the gay characters. They're just characters, you know, which is what they should be. It's so and smart it's that one of, them's, one of them's a cop and one of them's a doctor because everybody in town goes through the police station and the hospital at some point. Everybody. Exactly. Exactly, yes. And, you know, and the thing is the show is very good about using them in those roles, too, because, 
you know, when, when the cop needs to show up, you know, we'll see Oliver showing up to help off to investigate this crime or whatever, or somebody getting arrested. He's the, he's, the, he's the one that shows up to, to, to take the guy in or something uh-huh. like that. So we're very good about, like I, like I said, using them in these roles. They're making them very multifaceted, very diverse, very uh, uh, plugged into the mainstream of Landview type of characters, which is what, you, you know, which is the way, way our lives are. You know, we're just not all about being gay 24-7. You and I had the first two soap-related interviews with with Nick Rodriguez, who is proving to be a, a nifty little fly in the Kish ointment. Yes. Is there yes. is there any I, doubt at all that that guy's going to be a major star? Yeah, I I I like him a lot. I like him so much. I like him on this show. I, I'm 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 getting nervous about this storyline. So afraid <laughs> where where they're going to go with it. And I, I you know I, I've got my fingers crossed that eventually he'll come out okay in the end. <laughs> but you know I'm worried because I know how this show operates. You know how soaps operate in general. I know how soaps operate in general, right, exactly. <laughs> but um, I, I hope the way they play the story is like this. This is how they hope they play the story. Well, first let me answer, let me answer your question. Yes, I think he, he is really going to go someplace because he came on this show and he was just supposed to be like a four-day character, and he's managed to turn it into an ongoing role. You know, and now he actually sort of has his own storyline because the storyline is sort of centered around him and what he's doing. Mm-hmm. It's called Problems for Colin Oliver, so mm-hmm. that's great. Now, I personally, and, I, and as a viewer and as a soap fan, I don't have a problem with him coming in and stirring up some mess. You know, I think that's great. That's good soap opera. And it also is good in the sense that gay people, are, we're having them just like stories like anybody else. You know, if it was a two guys and a girl or two girls and a guy, you know, you'd have the third person coming in and doing the same type of Absolutely. No question about it. And so why not here? Why you know we're getting the same type of stories as they uh-huh. are as everybody else, and that's great. You know, I'll tell you what's fascinating about about these three guys is that they are in many ways the three faces of of being gay in this country in this time. I mean, you have you know the guy who is who is out with a megaphone, and you've got the guy who is you know just coming out and just coming to terms with it, and then in the middle you've got the guy who is who is gay, but he doesn't. It's almost like it's an afterthought that he's gay. And so you right. have the three you have the three different faces of homosexuality in this country in this society at this time. And you know, the other two guys, I mean Brett and Scott, they make a simply dynamite pair. I think Brett is a sensational actor. I love him. He is he's amazing. He does so much with he doesn't even have to say anything in most You bet. I think back to when they found out that Nick had been bad and they went to the hospital. And actually Brett, I don't think Kyle had any dialogue with the scene at all, but you couldn't take your eyes off of him because he was just commanding attention by just standing there. He was seeming mad, and you could tell he just wanted to go kill somebody. Exactly, exactly. His body language and his facial expressions just, it fit so much. I mean, he was just, he was just feeling the scene and not even saying anything. You know, I'll tell you my favorite Brett scene is back in September when Oliver was getting the, was getting his medal for, uh, oh, the whole crooked yeah. mayor thing, you know, when they saved the baby yeah. and they saved Star and and yeah. Bo gave Cole and John and and Oliver all medals for bravery or whatever it was, and Kyle and Roxy were at the diner watching it on TV, and yeah. you know he had this look on his face. He didn't say a word, but he had this look on his face. I mean, you could see awe, you could see pride, you could see complete devastation, you could see complete happiness. I mean, it was. Yeah, there were about fifteen exactly. different emotions playing across his face in one scene without a right. without a syllable of dialogue. And it was such a throwaway scene too, but you it bet. was just like it was like an amazing scene. Yes, exactly. Wow. I know what you're talking about. 
But, you know, it, it, it's hard for me to pick my favorite scene of his because there's so many that, that, I, that I just love. The scene at the wedding where he decides he doesn't want to marry Nick uh-huh. and, uh, you know, he walks up to, walks up to Oliver and, and tells him, standing here, blah, 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 you know, I'm marrying the wrong man. All I want to do is share my love with you. And he started uh-huh. crying, and I started crying. Because <laughs> so I did. It, that was an amazing scene. It was, and I, if I, when I watch it again, it, it still every time. <laughs> and the scene at the diner where Nick proposes to him and, and – Yeah, he, he, oh, he, my he, God, yes. That is he, amazing. He's got a big old goofy grin on his face. He's just beaming. He's so, he's so happy. Oh, I love that scene. That is a great scene. And the thing is, and I was just talking about this scene to a friend of mine the other day, and what we were saying, and the thing about that scene is that it covers such a range of emotions. Because, first of all, the scene between Nick and Kyle, where he proposes, was so sweet and so romantic and so funny. Uh-huh. And, you know, you're not, you know, you're not supposed to say, well, this is not who we want to see to be together. <laughs> but in that moment, it's like, oh, my God, they're, they're just so great. You I mean, just get swept again, up you know, in the romance of it that you you forget that you're romance. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Although I have my own feelings about how he handled the making power relationship, but uh, let me finish this stuff. And then Oliver comes in, and all of a sudden the, the the entire scene shifts. You know, all of a sudden you have all this angst and sadness, and you know, and heartbreak. So there's so much going on in that one scene. It was such it was such an amazing moment, and it, yeah, it's that's one of my favorites. I love that scene, and I and I love and I that was when I thought. Nick and Kyle, or Brett and Nick, had such chemistry in that scene. I thought they always had chemistry, but that Me too. Really was, one of the, was one of the was a really good scene for them together. You know, so they, I, I'm as almost positive that Brett is very happy to have the part that he has. You know, I mean, he said on my show a couple of times that that he's never been happier as an actor than he is right now. Yeah, and you know, yeah. when you watch him, it's clear he seems so energized by the material and so happy and so comfortable in his skin that. Yeah. I mean, he just seems completely thrilled to have this job and to be there. I totally buy that when I watch him on screen. Oh yeah, well, let's watch him today. You could this this the scenes that he had with uh, with uh, Oliver. You could tell that he they were you know they and they were really not really they were very sort of light, we just teasing you know we're flirting sort of chemistry type scenes. And they were just you could tell the act they was he was really enjoying it. He was really getting into it. Exactly. You know? you know he makes hay with whatever they give him, no matter how little, no matter how slight the scene is. He he just goes in there and and makes fireworks with it. Exactly, exactly. I'm looking. You know, I I said earlier I'm nervous about this storyline. I'm nervous <laughs> about where they're going with it. But you know, the interviews that Nicholas has given about the storyline, they sound like it could be interesting. You know, I just, I, you know, I'm all for Nick going in there and causing a little trouble, but I don't want to watch Nick turn into some pathetic, you know. Exactly. That's my point. You know, psychotic loser point. either. So. Exactly. You know, I don't mind it. Like I said. You know, he, he actually just gave an interview with Soap Opera Digest. I don't know if you read it or not. He talked about the story, and he said he agreed that the stuff that Nicholas, Nick is going to be doing coming up, he thought was completely out of character. And uh-huh. he, 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 he told the writers, my character would not do this. <laughs> but he said that the way they're playing it is that Nick is not doing this because he just got to have this man. He's so in love with him. He's doing it because it's a result of his gay bashing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a result of the fear and the desperation that comes from the attack and not from, you know, he must have this man. So it's more like he's just so afraid because of what's happened to him that he's clinging to Kyle, you know, and doing all these things to keep him. 
rather than your usual, oh, I'm so in love with him, I have to have this man, blah, 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 blah. He said, that's how the show is playing it. And so you know what? I, you know what? I buy that. That's credible. I buy that because you know this. This is a man. We're talking about a man who has centered his entire career, or his entire life, around being gay. I mean, yeah. you know, it's it's his it's his it's his personality. It's his job. It's his activism. It's his it's his love life. I mean, it's all about being gay. And so, you know, when something horrendous happens to you because you have centered your entire life around being gay, I would imagine that it throws off your entire psyche for a while. I mean, right, I, exactly. I, I totally buy that. Yeah, I buy it too, and and you know, and and, and I'm glad that the direct, that the direction the show is going on because, and because at first I was like, oh no, <laughs> you know, I was I was really worried, but you know, it looks like they're gonna they're gonna take that direction, and maybe, and you know, he's supposed to have some therapy scenes with Marty, you know, they're, they're really gonna get into him going to therapy, which is so smart because considering what she lived through 16 years ago, I mean, it's. It's so brilliant the way they're weaving her into the storyline. Yeah, and I really liked Who better? I really liked her involvement with the story last week, and I really liked her scene with Nick in in the hospital last week too. So I'm definitely and and they they need to use her. I mean, they really need to use her. Absolutely. We're they, talking about this year's Emmy winner for best actress, and they've given her nothing. Nothing. To do. Yes. Nothing to do. All, all, you know, the only thing she, she every once in a while she'll talk about, oh John, how's your taste going? Or whatever this or that. Now, like I said, I just started watching the show. When I started watching the show, they were already connected. And I want to know whose idea it was to pair them because they are not a good – they're an awful pairing. <laughs> I like Marty, and I like John. I know a lot of people don't like John McBain. I like uh-huh. John McBain. I'm a fan of John McBain. But they are, they are like sleeping pills together. <laughs> <laughs> when Marty was recast uh, a couple years ago, that's when, that's when Marty and John first got together. And so – Oh. You know, when oh, they, okay. So when they switched actresses and picked up the storyline, yeah, they were I they were see. already together as characters. So I see, but they're, they're they know they're, they're, they're yeah. But anyway, I'm really glad to, that she is involved in this show. I'm glad to see her getting some really good material, and so I'm looking forward to the therapy scenes that she's going to have with Nick because that's and I guess that is really going to be the meat of the story where we see that this, this is where his 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 scheming. And his desperation to hold on to Kyle is really coming from as a result of the attack, you know. And plus, obviously, the gay basher, the guy who the uh, the gay bashers, they're they're. I mean, for I understand, they're all recurring, so mm-hmm. it's not like we're going to see them again. Yeah. So obviously, they're going to be, play a role in the story down the line as well. I didn't talk to Nick about, it, but I know he was asked about this. Is that is the fact that the show never really spent enough time developing he and Kyle's relationship? Yeah. And, you know, to be fair, they threw it together on the fly because, you know, as you said, he was only hired for a four-day for a four-day stint. And then, you know, based on that, they decided they liked him so much that they wanted to keep him. But they had already written so far ahead that they had to kind of, you know, backtrack a little bit and kind of write it on the fly. And that's exactly what happened because uh, we saw them go out on a date, Mm -hmm. and then the next day they met at the gym, Mm -hmm. and then we didn't see Kyle for like two and a half weeks. Because that was during the um, the hostage thing when Star got kidnapped and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So the show was all about that. So we didn't see them for like two and a half weeks, and then when we saw Kyle and Nick again, they're boyfriends. I was like, <laughs> what happened? <laughs> when did they become boyfriends? And they all of a sudden have this serious relationship. And I was like, wow, a lot happened the past two weeks. That we, <laughs> you know, and I wish we had seen him back, or I wish that the show had developed their relationship more because I think that. 
there have been more interest and more rooting value for Nick as a character, you know. And I think it also would have been more of an actual triangle, which I think would have benefited the mm-hmm. show as well. Although they did a great job with what they did. You know, considering just, considering the constraints they had to work under, I think they did an amazing job. And the actors did, did the actors did a terrific job of, of kind of creating a believability amongst themselves. Because we didn't see them for three weeks on screen, as you said, we had to dive back into their story, and they had to convince us that they had, you know, all these deep feelings for each other all of a sudden. Right. And, and by and large, they succeeded, I think, at least to my believe, Oh, I believe their relationship. You know, I definitely thought that Nick was in love with Kyle. I mean, it was obvious. Just, just when he looked at him, just look on his face, mm-hmm. just that, you know, I think the day that, um, the, it was the day before the wedding, Nick came over and brought Kyle a, a, a yes. tuxedo to wear, and, you know, Kyle came out. And the look on Nick's face, he was obviously crazy in love with this man. Could not it, was, it was as though his breath had been stolen. I mean, you, exactly. you, was, you know, it was as though this was the most beautiful thing he had ever seen in his whole life. Exactly. I mean, and that, and that, and that said it all, yes. You know, a lot of people were like, well, they haven't known each other. How could he love him? Like, obviously, you're watching it. I mean, it's obviously he loves him, and he still does. I mean, if you saw today's show when, you know, Kyle was taking care of him in the hospital, the way Nick was looking at him was like, oh, you know, I just, I'm so in love with this guy. I want him back so bad. You know, that he's deluding himself that, uh-huh. you know, that he doesn't already have a boyfriend. So. so, you know, we were talking about As the World Turns and, and its cancellation in nine months. What does this mean for Luke and Noah's evolution over the next nine months? I mean, you know, now that there's no longer anything to fear in terms of ratings, in terms of the future, do you think that As the World Turns will be brave enough finally to, you know, bring these college boys into the 21st century emotionally, sexually, in every other way? Wow, I would like to think so. Particularly I mean, when their direct competition continually proves that they are absolutely exactly. committed to telling a true, real, genuine love story that, you know, just so happens to feature men exclusively. Right. And the thing is though and the thing is though, it's not just that they're doing it, but they're showing that it can be done and there's nothing to be afraid of. You know, and that the ratings um, won't crumble and that advertisers won't bolt. I mean, you know, yeah, they, exactly. they're, they're proving that, like, that that the world's not gonna cave in. Exactly. I mean, you know, uh, you know, one like to live had their the romantic scene between Kyle and Oliver last week, and you didn't hear about, oh, my God, people are boycotting, you know, Disney. They're not going to go see Mickey Mouse and all that kind of stuff because they showed these two men kissing. You didn't hear anything about it, you know. Uh, you didn't hear anything about it at all. The only thing you heard was from the soap press who said, oh, my God, that was a really great scene. You know, that was really good that they went there. I mean, but beyond that, you didn't hear about protesting. You didn't hear about people complaining. You didn't hear any of that kind of stuff. And, and you know, and, and having talked to, you know, both – Talked to Brett and I talked to Nick and I and I interviewed uh, Ron very recently. You know, they've all said the same thing. They said, you know, they have been really, really surprised by the fact there has been a lot of uh, uh, flack from not just from you know the network. ABC has he Ron says ABC has let him do pretty much what he wants to do. Wow. You know, they haven't stepped in and said, no, you can't do this. He's been able to tell the story the way he wants to tell it, and it's obvious he tells the story he wants to tell. Him. You just watch on mm-hmm. the screen. The thing is, they're proving that, that that you can do it and still go on. So I don't understand what – and the show's been canceled, all right? If the ratings go down, so what? You're still yeah. off the air in, exactly. in nine months. Okay, so just do it. and Just do it because, A, because the fans deserve it, for one thing. I mean, they have really abused their fans and just taken advantage of them and used them and given them nothing. And taken for granted the fact that the fans are going to stay with them no matter what they do. Well, the thing is, though, the fans have stayed with them no matter what they do. And in a sense, to me, that's a, in, a, in a 
to me, that's kind of frustrating. My thing is, like, just turn it off. I mean, why are you why are you watching this every day and then railing about the fact that they're awful <laughs> so badly? They're they're not letting them kiss, they're not letting them do this. They're telling bad stories, but yet you still watch them every day when they're on and say, "Oh my God, they're so you know whatever." So why keep watching it? Why keep putting yourself through that? Because you're just rewarding them for bad behavior is what you're doing when you should just shut it off. And I you know, and I'll be perfectly honest. I've said this many times. If I didn't have to watch it, I wouldn't watch it. To me, that's how bad it had got. I mean, it was just terrible. Especially early. It's improved a little bit. The blind storyline is better. We've seen it before, but it's better. But as far as the future, you know, I would like to think that they would, that they would finally go there and that they would let them. And I'm not saying, you know, we have to see Luke and O rolling around in bed. Well, sure. Stuff, but, you know. But let's be a little bit more realistic. I mean, these are college kids after all. I mean, you know. These are college boys who have who seem to have no sexual relationship whatsoever. I mean, you know, they're ostensibly they're supposed to be lovers, but you couldn't tell it by their communication with each other, the way they speak to each other, their their body language, the way they the way they talk to each other. I mean, sex does not seem to be a component of their relationship at all. And when they talk about sex, it's sort of like in sort of these sort of vague euphemisms, go home and relax and stuff like that. I mean, come on. Whereas it, whereas over on One Life with Kyle and Nick, even though it was never discussed that they had been sleeping together, it was quite clear from their from their body language, from their from their chemistry, from the way they interacted with each other, from the way they touched each other. You could tell that they were they were they had been intimate with each other. Right. And yeah, and just the way they kissed, you know, it was obviously that they were having sex. Even though they had not been together that long and all that kind of stuff. We knew what was going on, but Luke and Noah have been a couple for, what, almost three years now, since, you know, almost three years, and they've been, you know, living together in an apartment that we've never seen, you know, <laughs> which is truly insulting, I think. It's, I guess, what, four or five months now they've been living in this apartment together. We've never seen it. I mean, they st- still all their seats take place in job in the restaurant. No matter what's going on, whether they're fighting, whether they're breaking up, whether they're, you know, talking about whatever their family is doing, their scenes all take the same place. They have the most intimate, deep conversations in a public place every day. So, and, it's, and to me, it's designed so the relationship can't get too intimate on screen. When they kiss each other, it's like it's not real. There's no passion to it. Yeah, it's There's like no kissing emotion. your aunt. It's like kissing your aunt, exactly. There's no emotion behind it at all. And it got to the point where the actors look physically bored on screen. You know, they look like, ugh. You could tell they did not like the material at all. Mm-hmm. I don't blame them. With the blind storyline, they seem to have stepped it up. Some. I think the acting has gotten better, especially uh, with Jake Silverman. He's been he's been acting pretty good in this film. I've never liked his acting before this. He's been better in this film. But you know, it, it took. I think it took their toll on the actors because obviously they were not interested in what the show was giving them. But like I said before, they have nine months. Why not just go for it? Why not let them be real? young men who are in love with each other and let us that they're in love with each other. You know, there's nothing wrong with it. You know, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be hilarious if they did go for it and the ratings actually went up? Yeah. It, well, the thing is, it would at least get some attention, at least bring some of those last few viewers who quit watching back, you know? You know, I don't know what the show has planned for them for the, for the next nine months. Next month in January, they're bringing on, this, they're bringing on yet another interloper to the relationship. They're, they're really being hush-hush about it about who the guy is, who he's being played by. I mean, the role has been cast, the actor's working, but we haven't heard who the character is, 
who the actor is, which is really strange. I don't know why. But he, I guess he starts in the middle of January. Well, there's going to be another guy who is supposedly supposed to fall in love with Luke and, you know, be yet another third party. Okay. But we've had third parties before, and we all know how that turns out. <laughs> uh, you know, we had uh, the fourth smart character, Mason, uh-huh. which could have been a great storyline. You know, but there were so many things working against it. And it wasn't just that the show was obviously not committed to writing the story. Now, I interviewed for right when I think he, yeah, before he started working, not before he started working, he had been taping for a couple of months, but he hadn't aired yet. And I interviewed him. And by that time, the story had already gone south. Okay. I mean, the show had pretty much already had abandoned the storyline at that point, And he hadn't even started airing yet. Wow. Um, they were already... Well, actually, part of it was because the writers were writing, the writing changes the show. You know, um, uh, Gene Passanetti was head writer, but then David Christen came in, and mm-hmm. he's head writer in the show, and they're doing it together, whatever. But because of that, that had part of it. But also, that, that, you know, for, they were scared, you know? Mm-hmm. They were scared about, about the gay sexuality being shown on screen. You know, that's why you had, like, Mason would stand across the room and tell Noah he was attracted to him. Like, <laughs> so, yes, exactly. You were literally standing, you know, stuff like that. Or he would put his arm around Noah's shoulder and Noah would act like the guy tried to, I don't want to be vulgar, but, you know, <laughs> tried to touch him or whatever, you know. Or, you know, when he kissed him, he kissed him on the forehead. The character was like, oh, my God, he really hit on him, and he just kissed him on the forehead. That was the thing that got Mason fired from the show, fired from his job and eventually got him kicked off the show because he was being sexually inappropriate for kissing Noah on the forehead. It's ridiculous. I mean, come on. <laughs> And so, we, like I said, we've been here before, and so is this going to be another guy that they bring on who sort of kind of flirts with Luke, and he's all offended and disgusted by the fact that some guy's coming on to him, and it's just going to be, you know, more nonsense? Or are they actually going to have a legitimate guy come in and be attracted to Luke, and Luke actually be attracted to him? I mean, because, come on, he is a teenage boy in his first relationship. It is not unbelievable that he was actually – meet somebody else and be attracted to him. Sure. And think, you know, oh, is there more to this than just this guy, this my boyfriend? You know, I mean, come on. I mean, let, let's be realistic about that. And it's just frustrating. They treat them like such sexual, you know, prudes is what they actually do. <laughs> like like, like so eunuchs, suited. literally. Yeah, they're so and they're not, they're not, and they're not just with other people. They're like that with each other either as well because they have no sexual dynamic with each other as well. It's just so weird, you know, and the thing is because the actors do have chemistry, and at one time we did see that chemistry, but we don't see it anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, you talk about the chemistry between between Van and Jake, the chemistry or the lack thereof, depending on your, your vantage point. Juxtapose that with somebody like Brett, who has amazing chemistry with Scott and amazing chemistry with, with Nicholas. I mean, it's, it's really a great triangle they've created over there. You know, I don't want to get salacious about this, but are you amazed at the places that Brett, as a straight man, has allowed himself to go on screen. It, you know, I watch is, him sometimes, and I'm just flabbergasted by it. It is pretty amazing, actually. It is pretty amazing, especially, you know, his two co-stars are both gay, so it, it's not unusual for them to be in a bed with a man and kiss a man and be that intimate and do that sort of thing. I mean, that that's who they are. But, yeah, it, you know, I'm amazed, and I, maybe that's why I'm so impressed by him as an actor, because he is straight, and yet, he is so into this role, and he's so believable, and you believe that, you know, that, that you know, he loves Oliver and, you know, wants to be with him. You know, that the scene last week 
where, uh, you know, where they almost had sex, he was so very seductive and so very commanding and so very – he was aggressive but gentle. And completely comfortable. You know, I, I know you're not supposed to do this. I know you're supposed to just watch the show and, and take it at face value as, you know, the, the characters doing these things. But, you know, I find myself sitting here watching him sometimes on screen and trying to gauge – his comfort level, trying to see whether he's uncomfortable or whether he seems uncomfortable with what he's doing. And I tell you what, you watch him closely and you can't see it. Can't I mean, see it at all. Exactly, it, you can't it, see it all. It's utterly incredible. It's utterly flabbergasting to me. I watch right, him sometimes exactly. and I'm just amazed. Yeah, he doesn't look, like I said, he doesn't, and that's kind of just how, what a good actor he is. And, you know, and, you know, and when I talk to him, you know, I asked him about that. And I not, actually, you know, maybe I, maybe it was you who asked him about it, actually. I did ask him about it. Uh, you did ask him about it, and he said, you know, he said, yes. He said, you know, it's my job, and, you know, and he gets into Kyle's shoes, and this is what Kyle would do. This is not what I would do because I was wouldn't be straight. But he so embodies his character that he has no problem, you know, doing those sort of things. And that, that to me, that's how good he is. Absolutely. Because, so, you know, I believe it. 100%. You know, as I said, I know you're not supposed to, but I sit here sometimes and I just watch him closely, thinking, okay, he's going to twitch or something. I mean, he's going to show us That's some it. sign that he doesn't like this, that he's not comfortable with it, and you I, you can't see it. You can get right up next to the screen, and you still can't see it. I mean, he's he's 100% committed to playing the truth of Kyle, whatever that truth, whatever physical situation that truth happens to land him in. Yeah, that's one thing that they're really – and talking to because both he and and Nick said the same thing, and, and Ron did the same thing too. I tell them uh, just about being the honest and real and truthful about their relationship with each other and their situations and their you know their dynamic, and that and that's the one thing that they say that they aim for is to be real and honest and truthful. And the thing is, if you watch, they are that's that and that's and that's one why reason why it works so well. So talk to me about Philip on on Y and R. Why was that such an outright disaster from the from the uh, first minute? So many things that wrong, went wrong with that story, and I and I had such high hopes for it. And the thing is, though, and the thing is, though, I used to watch Young and the Restless. Me uh, too. Oh. I, you know, I watched it. That was my grandma's favorite show, and so I grew up literally from three years old watching that show. And right. I can I, I can tell it. you that twenty years ago, when Philip and Cricket and Nina, when that was the story on that show, that was not what was happening back then. The fact that he was trying to hide that he was gay, that it was not at all what was happening back then. Oh, I mean, they had to change history. They had to revise history to to make it suit the suit what they wanted to do. And the thing is, they it could have worked, but there were so many things working against it. First of all, uh, I interviewed Tom Beard right before he debuted on the show. He was nicest guy, very honest, very warm. I mean, he really gave a gay, a great interview. You know, one of the things we talked about was like. You know, how does it feel coming back? Because he hadn't acted since then. Uh, well, not since not since you leave me on the rest, because after that he did like some murder she wrote and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, he yeah, I remember acted. I saw him on an episode of Matlock one time. Right, exactly. <laughs> and he hasn't acted in like you know 15 years uh-huh. or so. You know, he came on from the minute he started. Like, I mean, like, well, when I asked him, I said, "How does it feel?" He's like, "Oh," and he's responding to me. He doesn't feel like acting because. I'm playing myself or something to that effect is what he said. When he came on Young Earth, he wasn't acting. Ooh. <laughs> it was, it was from the minute he showed up, it was really painful. I mean, because he was up against like Jeannie Cooper. And uh-huh. Cass. And Jess Walton. I mean, the... And friend. Trisha Cass, yeah. Amazing actors and actresses on that show. He was just 
giving them nothing to work with. He could not give he could not give them anything to feed back off, you know, or as far as these really because those students that have been really powerful and gut wrenching and we should have been sobbing and just like really into the emotions. But we felt nothing because he they were acting their hearts out, but he was giving them nothing back because he was just so unemotional in his delivery, you know, because he wasn't giving them anything and it just that made it really hard to get into it. And it also was the fact the way that Philip was written. He was written as such a jerk. Because he came back and he like, yeah, you know, I faked my death because I was gay and you just got to deal with that. That was his whole attitude. <laughs> I mean, he was like not sorry, showed no remorse, showed no regret, nothing. And the thing is, for a character who would do this, who would fake his death uh-huh. for any reason, we have to like him and we have to sympathize with him. But he did it because he was gay. And that just... Bank. I guess it's the only thing I the, the best way I can describe it was just awful for the show to have done that because it handicapped the character from the outset mm-hmm. and it made viewers automatically be against him because they were like, is that why you do that to your family because you were gay? I mean, come on. Even though, I mean, it, it's not like it was the 80s when this happened. It wasn't like gay was unheard of. It wasn't <laughs> like, you know, there are a lot of People who were out and open and living the gay lifestyle and doing what they wanted to do, it wasn't heard of to be a gay person or have a gay person in your family and, and you know, and be a happy gay, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't heard of. So it would be different with the 50s. Yes. We're talking the 80s. That's what made it even more ridiculous that he would do that then, that he would abandon his wife and his baby son, you know, for those reasons. Um, it was awful. And then, like I said, the writing did not help. The acting was terrible, and the show in the end just wasn't committed to the story. They did nothing with with the character once we had the initial. First of all, it was all over so fast. They forgave Philip so quickly, you know, for what he did. You know, they were upset for a few episodes. They're like, oh, okay, we accept it now. You're gay and you're back, and we love you, and blah 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 blah. And then it all became about him trying to fix the relationship with Chance, with his son, and they hardly played the story. I mean, we might see Philip every what every two or three weeks. He had a random scene with Chance where he tried to reach out to Chance and Chance was like, oh, I want to have nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. And then he'd walk away and we'd see them. And every time we saw them on screen, it was the same scene. It was the same scene. And the two actors, John Driscoll and Tom, had no football. Would you believe them as father and son? <laughs> look, Not even remotely. You look at Trisha Cast, you look at Tom Beard, and you look, and do you think that that guy is their child? I mean, come on. Did not buy them as father and son at all. They had no chemistry, no sort of, you know, interrelate, so no sort of chemistry at all. Their, their scenes were very awkward. They were very awkward with each other as, as actors, not as characters, as actors. It just wasn't matching. It just was not working. I kept waiting for that scene where Trisha Cass was just going to rip him a new one. I mean, you know, I just kept waiting and waiting yeah. for, for Nina to tear Philip apart. And then, you know, yeah, after, the big, after the big coming out scene, the next time you saw them, they were having coffee, and it was like nothing had happened. Yeah, it was like they were best buds. They were they eventually became best friends. Now I would say that Trisha Cash and Tyrus had really good chemistry with each other. Of course, and they were. Of course, they, they were. They were terrific in their scenes together, and you bought them as friends. You bought them as people, as you know, people who had had all this history, and they were really good friends. But they should have had to work to get to that. You know, there should have been a lot of drama, a lot of anger, a lot of tension, a lot of stuff to actually get to that point. And that never happened. We, we we missed all that stuff. You know, it was amazing. And that could have been a lot of really good meaty drama. 
She never got angry with him. She never ripped him a new one. She got angry with him towards the end when he said he was leaving town. But that was uh, just because he was leaving so, town. I mean, you know, th- that didn't have anything to do with his sexuality at all. I mean, you know, I kept waiting for the scene where she was going to say, you know, how could you do this to me and you, you just slap the shit out of him. I mean, that's, that's what I was waiting for as a 25-year fan of that show. Oh, yeah. Leave, yeah, the, the whole gay issue, she was like, oh, I don't really have a problem with that. Really? You don't? I mean, come on. It was like you can't be serious. Yeah, this, he hid this from you. He left you for this reason, but you don't have a problem with it. I mean, you know, they they did not play the emotions of this storyline at all. They did not play the emotions at all. They didn't play any of the beats. They didn't play any of that stuff. And, you know, I mean, back in the day, she loved him so much. I mean, she was yeah. all about loving him. Well, look at all she did to get him. <laughs> exactly. You know, she did all that stuff to get him, and then, you know, she was devastated. The whole family was the whole family was in mourning for years after he was dead. Even after he was dead, they were still fighting over Philip. And you know, coming as it did, hot on the heels of that of that asinine Adam Rafe fling, if you want to call oh, it that. Wow. Now, see, that was a storyline with potential. That could have been really hot. Uh-huh. It was a really good, meaty, juicy storyline that could uh-huh. have really gone somewhere. But they chickened out and did nothing with it. When they didn't show them kissing, that was that was disgusting. It was so offensive that they didn't even show them kissing. They didn't even, I mean, this is the whole point of the story. Exactly. You know, I mean, you can't even show them kiss. <laughs> you only get to see Nikki's reaction. Exactly. <laughs> even though, even though Mel- the look on Melody's face was absolutely priceless, it, it, that's not what we wanted to see. It was classic. It was a classic look. And it was a classic moment. It was a good beat in the story. But I'm sorry. We should have seen that kiss because that was, you know, that was the money shot or whatever. <laughs> it, was just, it was just appalling that they didn't show us that. And then the next scene we see is Rafe buttoning up his shirt and, you know. Yeah, exactly. Total, total, completely it, asinine. Right. And there was no no sort of physicality between the actors. It was, it was like. It was just, it was disgusting. And then, you know, and then the very next scene is Adam rushing to take showers to wash it off. And then, and then, and then, and then having sex with his girlfriend, which yeah. we actually got to see that. We actually got to see him making out with his girlfriend, being in bed with her. We could see that, but we can't see him having sex with his guy. We no, 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 we can't show that. And the thing is, though, I remember the thing is, the story had the storyline could have had really could have really came good if it had a wince for it. Not just in terms of, I mean, because let's say Adam Ray did have this blazing affair, and Adam actually developed feelings for this guy. Exactly. You know, fell in love with him. And then Ray found out that he only got involved with him because he was using him, and he set up his aunt. I mean, come on, that is a great storyline. <laughs> it could have been one of the best stories of a year on that show. But because they were scared and chicken and being wimps, they did not go for what could have been fantastic. And where is Rafe? Where's Rafe been? He hasn't been on screen in months. He was on briefly last week. I, I don't watch it in the rest of it anymore, but he was on briefly last week. Uh, I guess okay. Billy is having sort of legal problems, and so he was in court representing Billy because Billy and Rafe are supposed to be college buddies. If you I got believe. you. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but he appears from time to time. So, you know, talk about, talk about wimping out and chickening out. You know, considering that there was shockingly little concrete work on screen to justify it, why was the Otalia storyline on Guiding Light such a sensation? I mean, was it just uh, was it just residual blanket love for Crystal Chappelle, or was it just the the fact that the story represented the only hints of love and romance on what had become 
a very dreary, deadly dull show. I think that, I think that was a lot of it. In fact, that there were no other love stories on Guiding Light. The writers had dismantled all the relationships. They had broken up everybody and put them into pairings that nobody should have ever been in. I mean, so yeah, yeah, that it was really the only actual romance on the show. And you know, soaps are supposed to be about romance. It's exactly. Part of soap. And the actresses did have chemistry. And so, yeah, that's probably why it was such a hit. You know, and the fact of the matter is, is that, is that, you know, gay people, we want to see our stories on screen. So when they're on, we're, we're, we're willing to give them a chance more than sometimes we should. I felt that they should have been much more up in arms about the way they treated the couple. The fact that there was no intimacy in the relationship. I mean, you know, and then the writers have these flimsy, feeble excuses as to why. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. You're always taking your time. Whatever. They've been together for over a year. They can't kiss one. <laughs> I mean, come on. So, yeah. You know, but the thing is, though, that has really worked for Crystal Chappelle. She has taken that storyline and just turned it into an industry. So You betcha for her. You know, the people, you could tell who's fighting for their shows. The people that want life to live, you could, they are fighting for their show every day. Damn and right. Dream. They and they are, they are day. pulling every card out of the deck in order to, exactly. to, to keep that to show live. on the air. Exactly. They are willing to stay on the air. They're, they're writing it every day, like, you know, like nobody's business, you know. Um, you know, and that's the thing. They, Something happens on that show every day. You, you, yeah, you can't miss exactly. a day of that show. You can't. And what I, what I really love is like, they have like midweek cliffhangers, like amazing. Damn right. It's like, like last week, last, I think it was Tuesday was when, uh, Natalie said Mitch. That was a Tuesday cliffhanger. I was like, <laughs> you know, who does that? I mean, that's not even Friday. You know, any other so, so Mitch and Natalie would have been in that office for five days until Friday, and then the Friday tag would have been Natalie, you know, shoving the letter opener into his chest. Right, exactly. But that was a Tuesday. I mean, they have the, they have the and then the week week before was was Wednesday was the day he came out of the coffin. That was a Wednesday cliffhanger. So they do they do fantastic cliffhangers. I love you know they do really good cliffhangers. Well, and you all know, that stuff the, with the bridge last week that was all midweek stuff, and and that and, was all midweek too. Exactly. You know, it, it, it climaxed on Monday. Yes, when he when he fell off the bridge. Oh, and how good is that girl? The girl that plays Danielle. Danielle. She's got she's got you know uh, Taya's brashness and she's got Todd's attitude. You totally buy her as their daughter completely. She is such a good actress. She it's was, hilarious. She was killer in those scenes at the police station where she was you know denouncing them. I want nothing to do with you. you killed my father. Blah 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 blah. Uh, you know she was she's a really good actress and I I I got I love her and Matthew together. Oh, I think. <laughs> It's such a little sweet cup. I just like them together a lot. So I usually don't go for the teams, so like, but I think going through because they have really good teams. So, you know. And, you know, what's hilarious is you started watching this show for the gay storylines, and now you're hooked on I everything. did. I did. I started watching the gay storylines, and I love, <laughs> I love the whole show. I, I watch every day. You know, there's a couple storylines, a couple characters I could do without who just, um, it's like, please, go away. Exactly. But on balance, it's, it's as strong a show as any on television. It, I think. Not it just, is. It is not just on daytime, but on television. Yes, it's a yeah. Exactly, it's one of the best shows on TV. Period. Writing, acting, you know, you bet. It's, it's just amazing. You bet. You know this this explosion of gay storylines that we've been talking about, and you know, I've asked this question to several of my past guests, and I keep failing to get the answer I'm looking for. So I want to pose it to you. Okay. You know, all these gay storylines. Is it the networks finally realizing that soaps no longer necessarily have to be a woman's game the way they were by necessity back in the day? I don't. I I have to say. I think it's well. First of all, I think most of the fans of these gay storylines are women more than men. 
So there are clearly more women than men. Okay. I mean, uh, if you, uh, I, in my opinion, anyway, I think predominantly. I mean, if you look over the history of like all these like queer folk of those shows, and and uh, and and just as being been around a lot of the fans, Luke and Noah, and all that kind of stuff, it's mostly women who are who are into these guys. Okay. So they they like the gay stories. Yes, they do need to try to appeal more to gay audiences and get more gay people watching. But I think as a whole, folks should try to. Should, should stay with their bread and butter and, and keep appealing to women. And that's one reason why Days of Our Lives is doing so well, because that is a, definitely a woman-centric show, and that's why it works. Always has been. Right, exactly. Yeah. And I think that, and I, I think, no, I don't think, it, I think they need to, they, yeah, they want to try to diversify, but it should always remember that it's a woman genre and try to appeal to them. That's my answer. <laughs> You know, it, 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 there's just there's a you know I I buy that I completely buy that, but there's a part of me that thinks that you know the networks are finally waking up and deciding to chase any audience that's available, and if it happens to be the gay folks, you know, uh, say la vie. Oh yes, of course they should try to reach anybody they can. I agree with that. You know, if they can get more gay people watching, then more part. And I, you know, I hope they are because if they are, they're they've got they're watching a really good storyline. You know, as as we talked about at the beginning, you know, uh, part of what separates your column from other similar columns that are out there is the fact that you also cover international soaps. And, right. you know, I'm going to plead ignorance and tell you that I have no idea. I, I mean, I, I know nothing about any of the foreign soaps at all. And so, you know, I, talk about the differences between American and European soap operas in terms of, you know, everything we've been talking about. There, the the fairness of, of equality of, of storytelling, the production values. Talk about the differences. First and foremost, uh, production values are definitely higher. You know, they obviously spend a lot more money on sets, and they do a lot more location shooting. Um, it's obviously a lot more money is spent on the foreign soap because the industry is a lot more, is a lot bigger. I mean, they're soap here in prime time. They're prime okay. time television. They're not considered, you know, the daytime stuff. So they're putting more is money. It, is, it, is it five days a week as it is here, or is it once a week? Yeah, five days a week. Five days a week, just like it is here. But it's their ongoing fare, their regular fare. It, it, you know, it's what people, most people are watching. Their soaps are like the top-rated shows on the air. Wow. You know, so, so yeah, it's a much bigger thing here. And but how, how does that translate in terms of millions of viewers? I mean, how, how do they compare to what we have? You know, we have 5 million people watching YNR. We have 3 million, give or take, watching One Life and the ABC shows. When you, when you add up SoapNet and ABC together, uh, how does that compare in terms of numbers overseas? Well, okay, I'm uh, using it. I'll use a show like, like I know, like EastEnders or Coronation Street. Um, they can get up to maybe seven to eight million viewers a night, okay. an episode. So I would say three or four times what, what watches our shows. Actually, uh, Emmerdale is the lowest rated show in the U.K. They get about seven million viewers. And then um, the highest rated one is, is EastEnders or Coronation Street, depending on what week it is. And they can get up to ten million. I gotcha. So and that, how that, long how how long have these shows been on the air? I mean, compared to uh, American shows which run East forty years. EastEnders is about to celebrate their twenty fifth anniversary. Coronation Street has been on for fifty years. Wow! I don't know how long Emmerdale has been on maybe for like maybe about fifteen years, something like that. Okay. So there's some of those shows have been on as long as ours have. But yeah, so they're, they're, you know, it, it is very it is very different. Like I said, theirs is much more. Like I said, they're much more. Um, I don't know, entrenched in society. I mean, people okay. know who the soap stars are there because they're 
they're like I said, they're on their TVs every every single night, and everybody's watching them. So like we, you know, but like your average person, they're not going to know who Brett Claywell is or whatever. But they exactly, but they know who their stars are. I mean, their stars are like are like our, you know, Simon Baker and and Patrick Dempsey and and you know our our prime time stars. Right, exactly, because they are, you know, they're on the newspaper. They're in the newspapers when there's a big soap event come. Not not a soap event, but a big event on a soap. Let's say like uh, like uh, on the TV show Emmerdale, one of their uh, teenage characters is starting to realize that he's gay. Which, as an aside, it's a really good storyline. If you have a chance to watch it, um, I would say you watch it. Or actually, you can just check out my column each week because I will have the clips there. Sorry, I shouldn't plug my column. It's really bad. But anyway. Um, <laughs> That's really tacky, but uh, that's why you're anyway. here, though. Well, I guess that is why I'm here. But anyway, <laughs> but yeah, if you, but yeah, 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 I guess I guess I never really thought about it like that. If you have a chance to watch the show, watch it's a very, very, very good storyline. The actor they have in the role, Danny Miller, such a good actor, very okay. good actor. But uh, anyway, um, they just had uh, uh, he he's just starting to realize that he's gay, and so the with the the press for the story. Or if that happens, it would just be in a soap magazine, you know. It would be in Soap Opera Weekly, Soap Opera Digest, or whatever, this or that. Gotcha. But here, it was it was in the newspapers, you know. It was it was on the it was in the uh, entertainment section of the newspaper that this okay. show was doing the storyline. Um, you know, they interviewed the actor on all the on all the uh, British talk shows about wow. the upcoming storyline, things like that. That's how much more prominent their soap their soap opera soap operas and soap actors are compared to here. In terms of in terms of their gay characters and storylines, how I mean, are, I, I assume that they're just by reading your column and by reading other things that I've read over the years. And as I said, I've never seen the shows. I don't know much about them, but right. Uh, my sense is that they're much more matter of fact about their gay characters and their gay situations than it, we it, are on our shows. It really, it kind of depends. It really kind of depends, and and then in a lot of ways, they're a lot more conservative than you would think they are. Now, it depends on where the show is. The German soaps, they go for broke. I mean, anything goes. The two German soaps, soaps there is Forbidden Love and All That Matters, and they both each have a very prominent gay couple. Okay. When it comes to sex and romance, they they will, whatever, they'll do it right there. I mean, not they won't do it right on screen, but the affection, them being in bed, them kissing, making love, that sort of thing, um, All That Matters had a very provocative and sour scene between their gay couple. Okay. Um, recently that actually was further than any soap has ever done with two men. So that, that did actually get a lot of attention. But as a rule, when it comes to affection or romance like that, they don't hold back on that. That's very uh, out there. Okay. Um, but then again, you have uh, the U.K. soaps, which tend to be, which tend to be more conservative. The thing about, East, like for example, EastEnders has, has a love story between two men that's going on their show right now. But the thing is, you've seen them kiss maybe once or twice. And you've never seen them in bed with each other. Okay. And a lot of people are complaining about that. And, and it reminds me of, you know, as the world turned, because that's kind of what they did with their <laughs> couple, too. Okay. You know, the same thing. But, so in some uh, ways, no matter where you go, there you are. Right, exactly. But as a rule, <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, though, they're still doing more gay storylines than we are. So, uh, you know... Uh, and they still have, usually have more gay characters than we do. But and they've been rule, doing them for a lot longer than we have. They've been they doing them for a lot longer. Oh, yeah, they've been doing them for a lot longer. You know, I yeah, at least 20 years. You go back 20 years to some of those shows where they had gay characters and gay storylines. So, yeah, they've been doing it for a long time. Wow. Do you think that 
our shows have i mean you know i know that that soap started in america and then when then you know other countries adopted the form and so you know we we influenced them in that way have have their shows influenced us in any way since then in terms of in terms of our i don't know you know the the current fad is these gay storylines and i'm wondering if that has been influenced in any way by the fact that they've been doing it for a lot longer and had great success with it I, I don't know. You know, that, that's, that's, I know, I do know that, at least in the case of After World Turns, they did actually uh, meet with um, some of the uh, producers of some of the German soaps about their gay storyline, and they talked about, you know, what they were doing and what they, what they were doing. They were supposed to say they had a sort of meeting of the minds. You know, as a rule, I, I don't know. I don't think there's – I don't think – I can see some German influences in the Colin Oliver storyline. Okay. I can definitely see that. So maybe that that might be it, you know. Maybe maybe they're realizing that maybe it's time. Well, definitely, obviously, online, so they have realized it's time to, you know, stop pussyfooting around and sure and just go there. And you know, One Life is a show that I don't know what you know about their history, but you know, One Life is a show that made its name in the late '60s and early '70s, putting forth a canvas that was very socially progressive. I mean, you know, they did they did storylines on drugs, they did storylines on you know. One of the major families at the beginning of the show was a was a very working class Polish family. I mean, you know, it's right. it's right. you know they had some of the first African American characters on daytime. You know, this is a show that's always kind of pushed the envelope in that way in terms of right. in terms of social uh, social and cultural diversity. Well, yeah, and, and I, what I understand, and you know, looking at the history show and just from watching it out, it is a very diverse show. I mean, it's by far the diverse show on most diverse show on daytime. I mean, you know, because they have, like, you know, not, you know, not just sexual orientation, but also, you know, race, religion, and all that kind of stuff. They have all different types of characters. Mm-hmm. You know, on some shows, on some shows, you, they're all white. You know, there are no black people <laughs> or Latino people. And they're, they're, you know, as the world turns there, there are no black people in Oakdale. Uh, they got rid of them all. They had some. They wrote them out. <laughs> Going back to the European soaps for a minute, okay. have you had any contact with the with the with the the writers, the actors, the producers of those shows at all? I mean, how do you how do you get your information about those shows? I I actually I, actually, I live I do have sources, people who send me stuff uh, and, and let me know what's going on um, on on the foreign soap. Uh, a lot of stuff I get right off the internet. The information is right there. It, it, what helps me is the sources help because a lot of stuff that comes out is in German or. Dutch or whatever, and I don't speak any of those languages. I just, you know, or Spanish, and so you know, they are native speakers of the language, or whatever. So they send it to me in, you know, in English, so that way I can use it. But, but that's how I mostly get like spoilers and the news and stuff like that. But yes, I have I interviewed um, some of the actors on the shows. I've, I've talked to some of the writers on the shows. So you know, and I so I have contact like that. I do wish. I mean, I I I, I bet if I did speak the language. I probably would actually have more access to the more access to the information because I actually could read it myself, okay. you know, or know where to find stuff easier. And because I would like to have more, although we actually have a lot of foreign coverage in the column, I, I, I would always like to have more. Okay, so I'm always for more information. But in terms of of the video that you receive, it's all it's all from YouTube. You don't get any like clips or anything from from any of the shows. Oh no no no! It's all from YouTube, um, and some yeah, it's all from YouTube. And some of the stuff I I get myself, but there's a lot of really good people out there who translate this stuff, so we we Americans can actually see it. Because otherwise, we would miss out on a lot of shows. And you know, they been I'm really grateful to those people because they spend a lot of time and effort translating uh, or subtitling, you know, the German to English, so we can 
be able to read and watch what's going on. Absolutely. Do you, with these foreign shows, do you find that, in general, they are in the same predicament as American soaps? No, no, actually, no, not at all. They no, because like they're like, still they're still quite healthy. <laughs> yeah, they're still quite healthy. They don't have the they don't have the problems that we do. That they're, they're actually growing industry. You know, they have they have ratings battles and stuff like that. But that's just sure. other. I mean, they're the top shows in their respective countries, so they don't have to worry about going off the air. So no, they don't. They don't have a. And that's, and that's what's really strange. You know, ours are you know fear of dying out, and theirs are just kind of along. In terms of demographics and the people who watch these shows, how do the foreign soaps compare to the American soaps? I mean, the American soaps are pretty notoriously one of the older audiences on television. You know, I you know I actually don't know the, don't know the answer to that question, but uh, I I think it depends on on the the show. Okay. Because I know that uh, like Eastenders. I'm sorry, not Easter's, but Emmerdale skewed to our older audience, and then we have some Holly Oaks that skewed to our younger audience. Okay. I think the German soaps tend to be uh, young, because the German soaps, because they're more young and hip, and uh, they're really into, they, most of the characters are in their uh, mid to late 20s and early 30s. They don't have very many older characters at all, and the storylines tend to be more provocative. You know, they have a lot of gay storylines. They have lesbian storylines. They have, you know, uh, they actually have a storyline about incest. I think the brothers are sleeping together. So they tend to have a more younger audience. So Gays of Our Lives is done until January to the undying torment of all of your readers. And the thing is, you know, it, it's hard for me, too, because I love writing the column. I really love it. And so, I, you know, I'm always, always thinking about, the, you know, writing a writing stories for the column, what I want to, what do I want to put in the column, what do I want you know, to cover in the column. When you get back, you're going to have a 40-page column because there's so much that's going to happen in these two weeks. That Well, actually, no, my editors have already talked to me about that. So there's not going to be no 40-page column. So, no, we, they already talked because the thing is, yeah, with, with because, you know, my with all the information that's going to come over in the next two weeks, yeah, there would be a lot of stuff. But we've already discussed that, no, you cannot have a 40-page column. They already put limits that this is what you can have. And so, what what are you planning in your in your second full year of of doing this column? Are you are you, are there any additions that you'd like to add? Are there things that you'd like to do differently? Because it, it's changed a lot, and it's really morphed into you know originally what I, from what I thought it was going to be. I'm actually really happy with the way it is now. You know, I mean, there are a few tweaks and changes I would like to make. I mean, I I, I would like to do more interviews. You know, and talk to and things like that. But the thing is, though, because my pool is kind of limited, is because I can't just talk to any soap star. So I can't feature a soap star a week. You know, and there's only so many times I can talk to Brett Claywell. Exactly. As fun as that is, <laughs> I can't talk to him every week. You know, but uh, I'd like to do you know more interviews. That's that's the main thing. But okay. as far as like the uh, the only thing I sometimes I wish that I could be more immediate and get news to people faster. You know, but, you know, it only comes out once a week, so that, that's the way it is. I just have to deal with that. That, that can be frustrating, especially when big things happen, like when actual turns was canceled, you know. We really didn't have anything on it until the column came out, and, and, and it had been a week by that time. Mm-hmm. But, the, you know, that's the way it is. You know, we're published one week, the same way with the magazine. But, you know. But then again, a lot of people only read the column, so uh-huh. that's where they get all their information. It's still providing a service because a lot of people wouldn't get that information in place. So, and also... One thing that I like about it is that is that um, you know you don't have to go twenty different places to find out this and that. You just come to call the here, and it's all there in one place. Exactly, and it's all there for every show uh, across the world. Exactly. Yes, and and, and that actually right. And I really uh, make a point to to try to cover everything. 
you know, I don't, I, I want to make sure that everything is covered. I don't want to miss anything. You know, the website as a whole is great. I mean, the live blogs are hilarious. The, the, yeah. uh, the, the gay of the week, uh, feature is, is, is great. The, uh, the ass hat of the week is great. I mean, I love, I love reading several features on the site, not just, not just your, I mean, your column brought me there, but, you know, right. if you, if you kind of, uh, scroll around the column and explore, or scroll, uh, scroll around the uh, website and, and kind of explore the uh, the other features. There's some really fun stuff on the site. It's an amazing, it's a pretty amazing site. It really is, you know. And they they do a lot, they do a lot of good. They do a lot of good work, and I'm very 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 happy to, to be part of it. And they let me be part of it. I just because you know I'm very honored to, to that they let me be part of it. You know, let me attach my name to their to, to what they do. Uh, every every day, actually, because you know they do a lot, you know, Absolutely. and do a lot of good work to you know to promote, I don't know, the gay cause or or whatever, put Absolutely. put out the big, put it out there, you know, and to do it in a positive light, not just right. And that's one thing they're all they are you know very good about being positive, a lot more positive than I could be. I know that much because <laughs> I can be kind of cranky. <laughs> <laughs> do you sometimes wish that you had one of the live vlogs? Uh, you know something? I am not that witty. Okay. So no, those the guys who do the live blogs are really funny, and I'm not funny, so I would be not good at all. So. Gotcha. Well, at least you know your limitations, I guess. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's best <laughs> that I not do that. So yeah, I just I like. I mean, I I'm, I go there every day and I participate and I read them and I love that they they have such a great sense of humor, but you know I don't possess that, so I know where my skills lie, and that's not it. <laughs> You know what I love? I love reading some of the comments. I mean, some of the some of the commenters and some of the people participating in the live blog with Snicks are so smart and so astute and so yeah. so brilliant about the way they express themselves. I mean, I've left a couple of comments there, but you know, it's it's really a great community that's kind of sprung up around these live blogs and participate in them. I mean, it's it's, yeah. it's really interesting to get different people's viewpoints on on what they're seeing on screen and and you know different people's reactions to things. Right, yeah, you know, and it's the same thing with because a lot of people participate in live blog also uh, comment on the column every week too, mm -hmm. and so uh, you know some of the responses are really you know very interesting and you know uh, things I wouldn't think of and some people have some interesting point of views. <laughs> yeah, so it's like I don't know where you got that from what you saw, but okay, so tell me about you. Do you have any do you have any holiday plans that you wish to share? You know, oddly enough, my my brother actually he lives in some small town in Texas that I can never remember the name of. Oh, t I think it's but I think somewhere near Dallas. I think. Okay. And he wants me to come visit him. So that 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 is the and that's the one thing that uh, I'd like to do if I could just squeeze my bosses to give me the time off in my regular you. job. But that is my holiday plan. Hopefully, I will go and visit my brother in Texas. I've never been to Texas before, so. It's a great state. I'm in Austin, Texas, so if you ever land near me, you better look me up. Oh, I will. Yeah, I will. I don't know if his city is near Austin, so he told me the name of it. It's like a, he says, oh, it's a little bit small town. Yeah, I think he says like 40 minutes away from Dallas. That's okay. Right. So, so, which, I don't know, that, that doesn't mean anything, but, but yeah, those are, that, that, that is, that is, those are my plans. So what's on the horizon for Anthony Langford, and, and it looks like you're just going to keep plugging away with Gays of Our Lives. And... I, yeah, you know, I, you know, I am actually very content with life the way it is, and so I don't foresee any major changes. Actually, you know something? Over the past year, the one thing I did do besides just sit around all day, 
and write about soap operas. And actually, I did write a book over the past year. That was one okay. reason why I decided to take time off. And so, you know, who knows? Maybe if that that might get published. Okay, tell me more. Don't jinx it, but but spill a little bit of dish here. Oh no no no! There's no di- there's really no dish. No, I just I just finished it now. It's out there in the ether, and hopefully somebody will want to publish it. But that's, that's you know that's it. Uh, no, I actually have as I said before, I've written my entire life. Uh, when I was much younger, when I was in my twenties, I actually did write a couple books. Okay. And I actually did have an agent. And, wow. You know, okay. Yeah, and, and actually, I did the second book I wrote. Um, actually, was was accepted by a small publishing house out of Florida, who then proceeded to go out of business. Of course. So therefore, exactly. <laughs> therefore, my book was. <laughs> so therefore, my book was never published. But um, did did you get it back at least? Oh yes, I got it back. Okay. Of course. Okay. Well, and then life took over, and I I stopped writing novels, and so I decided to pick up again. And like I said, that's what I spent the past year doing, you know, writing this book and finishing it and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, now it's out there seeking a – somebody will, you know, hopefully an agent will want to represent me and we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens, okay. you know, and, and that, that's it. That, 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 that's the plan, I guess, quote, unquote, plan. I got you. Well, I'm, I'm wishing you all the luck in the world. Are we, are, is, this a, is this a gay story? Is this a – what are uh, we – Yeah, it is. You know, yeah, it is. Um. I don't know. I'm really not really wouldn't be too interested in writing about a bunch of straight people. I know that sounds weird, but you know. So yeah, it's a gay story. It's you know, it's what I know best, I guess, because you know, I'm gay too. So gotcha. <laughs> well, I, I started writing a novel years ago, and it has nothing to do with gay people at all. I mean, it's oh wow, we'll it's about an alcoholic piano player and his circle of friends, and and wow. there's, there's not a there's not a stitch of homosexuality anywhere in it. So okay. All right. Well, that, that's right. I guess it all, all you write what you feel. And, exactly. You know, and that's what it that's what it that's what it felt to me. You know, I felt like writing a gay love story. So that's. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would be fun to trade novel writing battle scars sometimes. Oh God, yes. Well, I have plenty of them. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, we can do that sometimes. Well, I tell you what, I've had a blast talking to you tonight. I, I monopolized much more of your time than I intended to, and I appreciate you being okay. a good sport no, about it. It's great. No, no, I'm. I am. You know. I am very, very, very honored that you even asked me to do this in the first place. So I was like, what? Because I talked to a friend of mine about it, and I was like, he wants his brains to go up, right? <laughs> okay. So, but, you know. So well, I was, listen, I think you're amazing. I think you are utterly fascinating, and I, you. Uh, <laughs> I, I, you could be a weekly guest here. I wouldn't mind a bit. No, I love your. Another thing is because I like your. I like your show. You do great interviews, so I was very pleased when you asked me to do this, and and, and it's been. I really enjoyed this conversation, and I, you know, I'm very interested in hearing it go out there and have other people hear and see what they have. To say. <laughs> As am I. I I'm, I very much look forward to to getting feedback on this. I'm sure that we're going to hear from from lots of different fan bases over this. I am sure we will too. And yet again, I'm sure that my name will be burned in effigy once more. <laughs> Well, I'm sure I'll be right there with you because when I had Michael Fairman, one of your peers, in here a couple months ago, and and I we we both caught no end of hell from the Nuke uh, uh-huh. fan base. So, well, you uh, were, I was on that podcast, if you remember correctly. Yes, yes, and you called in. Yes, absolutely. That's right. That's right. And I and yes, uh, because I heard some of the comments around, and I got some of those emails about you know about that. Yes, it was <laughs> none to appreciate it. You know, it was it was it was so funny because the Otalia fans thought that we were gods, and the Nuke fans thought that we were just uh, asinine people who didn't know shit from Shinola. 
Right, exactly. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I, you know, yeah, I, I remember that. Oh, I did hear, I did hear from that. So, uh, so I'm sure it's going to happen again, but that's fine. I, anyway, I don't mind. I have, I have a very thick skin about these things, so I can, so, I can so take do whatever. I. It's, uh, yeah, I, so do I. And, and actually, it, it does not bother me, and it never has. I don't think I, I, I if I let it, I wouldn't be able to write the column if I worried about the fact that somebody is not going to like, well, I said, so, because, you know, and I feel the same. I wouldn't be able to do this show if I, if I, you know, was scared about unleashing any of my opinions, no matter what they were. Right, because every week somebody always writes this and says, well, you don't have to talk about her. So, you know, I'm used to it by now. Well, I'll tell you what, before I let you go, could I get you to do a promo for my show? Oh, sure, yes. What do you want me to say? As long as it includes the words Brandon's Buzz and Anthony Langford, anything else you say is totally up to you. Okay, uh, my name is Anthony Langford, and uh, I just had a great time uh, with Brandon's Buzz. And if you listen to his show, you will too. Fantastic! Everybody, go check out Anthony Langford's weekly column. It airs. Uh, it airs. It goes live on Monday nights on AfterElton.com. It's called Gaze of Our Lives. Uh, don't look for it until when? January fourth. January fifth. January fifth will be our next nudist. But every week thereafter, he will be live on Monday nights with the latest happenings in the gay world of soaps worldwide. Not just our soaps, but soaps from Germany, soaps from England. He covers them all, and he covers them all brilliantly at AfterElton.com in a great column called Gays of Our Lives. Everybody go check him out. Yes, please do. (laughs) (laughs) I thank you very much, Anthony. Thank you. Merry Christmas to you and yours. Oh, yeah, and happy, happy New Year. The phenomenal Anthony D. Langford, everybody, on Brandon's Buzz. Brandon's Buzz in the can for Tuesday, December twenty second, 2009. Uh, come on back next week. I have not decided what I'm airing next week. I'm probably doing an encore of some kind, uh, so check out the websites for that. That's on December 29th. On January 5th, I'm coming back live with a conversation with a fantastic musician by the name of Eric Martin. He was the lead singer of a band in the 90s called Mr. Big. Uh, I'm sure everybody remembers To Be With You and their cover of Wild World and Just Take My Heart. Uh, he is now a solo musician and still doing great work. He's just released a new album, and he's coming by Brandon's Buzz to talk about it. Uh, so that's January 5th. It's a Tuesday night, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, right here on Brandon's Buzz. In January, I'm also talking to uh, Laura Bonarigo, who is Kathy from One Life to Live. She's coming back to One Life to Live, uh, and she's coming by the show to talk all about that. Uh, all kinds of great guests lined up for January. I've got a really killer January lined up. Uh, that I have not completely spilled on the website yet, but as soon as it's all firmed up and schedules are set, I will get it all on the websites. And let me quickly tell you what the websites are. blogtalkradio.com slash Brandon's Buzz is kind of mission control for Brandon's Buzz. From there, you can see what's been on the show, what is on the show, what's coming on the show. You can listen to old shows. You can download old shows. You can leave comments. You can send me emails. It's kind of mission control for Brandon's Buzz. Again, that's blogtalkradio.com slash Brandon's Buzz. You can also find me at my blog, brandonsbuzz.com. There at the top of the page, click the blue radio button. There is a full and complete radio archive of all of my shows. This is show number 48. All 48 episodes of my show are in the radio archive at Brandon's Buzz. You can click on them by date. Uh, That takes you to a page where you see the great banners that my pal Joanne makes to help me advertise the show, and you can listen to the corresponding show right above it. So that's at my blog, brandonsbuzz.com. I'm on iTunes. Uh, Just type in Brandon's Buzz in the iTunes Music Store search box. Scroll down to the podcast section. Click on my logo. From there, you can download individual old shows as podcasts for listening on the device of your choosing. Or you can subscribe to the show and have new episodes automatically um, 
uh, download to your library the minute they're uploaded to the store. So I, I'm iTunes, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter. Google the words Brandon's Buzz, and something will pop up that points you in my direction. And I appreciate you guys coming in my direction. I appreciate you guys finding me and listening to me. Uh, and I hope you continue finding and listening to Brandon's Buzz. Hi, everybody out there. This is Eileen Kristen, and I have just been on Brandon's Buzz. This is a great show and a very sophisticated mind. So spread the word, Brandon's Buzz. This is Claire Massey from Tammy Show, and you're listening to Brandon's Buzz. Great guy. Great show. Check hey it out. Hey, guys. This is Brett Claywell from One Life to Live, and you're listening to Brandon's Buzz. Hi. This is Lynn Herring on Brandon's Buzz. It's the great entertainment talk show on now. Brandon, I love you. Thanks for having me. So <laughs> if you feel that you just can't take it, and your world isn't what it seems, don't forget that life can be what you make it. Better when you live on a street of dreams. Hey, this is Nia Peoples, and you're with Brandon Buzz, the place to be. Hi, everybody. This is Nicholas Walker. Merci à vous tous. Écoutez Brandon Buzz sur Blog Talk Radio. Bonsoir et à très bientôt. <laughs>